this week on Dear Bros, what happens when your friend won't stop using no-no words? Ooh, and a couple has some concerns about moving down south. Ooh. The deep south. Stay tuned. You're listening to Bro Down Podcast all fucking day. Oh, yeah. Hey everybody, thank you for joining us on this episode of the Bro Down Podcast. I'm Tim Fulton. I'm Andy Smith. And this is Dear Bro. Dear Bro. Dear Bro is a little segment where we rip some advice column questions and we give our own little bro advice to them. We do. We do. So mine going up, uh, no, Andy, you're first, right? I'm first. You're first. What is yours, Andy? Steal my thunder. Heading down south. Okay, so this one is titled, Plan to Move South Becomes Roadblock and Trip to the Altar. Oh, shit. That's a mouthful. Okay. Dear Abby. Shout out to uh, Dear Abby, by the way. They're giving us these awesome articles to pick apart. Uh, (laughs) Dear Abby, I'm a 41-year-old woman who has been with my fiancé for eight years. Before we decided to become a couple, I made it clear to him that if he had no intention of moving south once my kids graduate, he should not get into the relationship with me. When we got together, I assumed he understood and would be moving with me. We bought vehicles and a house together. Early this year, he took me on a cruise and proposed. Again, I made it clear about my plans to move south, and he told <clears throat> and told him not to give me a ring if he didn't plan on going. Well, here we are all these years later, and we've been fighting because I have only one year before I can leave. Is it wrong of me not to feel bad about moving considering I made my intentions clear more than once? It's been long been my dream to move south, and I believe he's on the fence about it, but I know deep down he doesn't want to go. I won't feel bad about leaving him behind since I will... Uh, leaving him behind since he knew I was going. I feel like eight years of my life has been wasted. Can I lead off on this one? Yeah. So I feel like this is interestingly phrased. And how does that make you feel? Bad. So I get she's coming. She's coming from a place of frustration and anger, which she clearly puts, right? It's a, she is pissed off because she has said verbatim, I'm assuming, to this guy, this is what's happening. It's a take it or leave it situation. Yeah. He stayed with her. So she assumed take it. Right. But the question isn't, should I go or should I stay? The question is, should I feel bad about it? And that's not a question we can answer. Should you feel bad about it? I would feel bad about having to leave someone that I've been with for eight years. But if you don't feel bad about it, a, there's probably something deeper there. B, it might be coming from a level of frustration. C, we can't we can't change how you feel. Yeah. It's not like if you don't feel bad and I say you should, that she's going to be like, oh, you're right. I'm sad. Yeah. So you've already made – clearly she's already made up her mind. She's going to go down south. If you don't feel bad about it, it's probably because you're pissed off. But I'd you don't say, feel bad. Yeah. We can't we, – we're not – no one's going to change your mind about that. So this seems like – you and know, I feel bad for her. I feel so. Not, sorry to interrupt you. No. I feel bad for her because I understand that feeling of I did everything I was supposed to. It all looked like it was going to go okay, and here's the wrench. Yeah. See, this is a this is interesting because if you switch the gender of each person, you'd be like, "That's a fucking. That's a. That would make more sense on like a broad brush common commonality. Yeah. Like as far as like. 
if you told the story to a dude and you didn't tell the guy which gender was which gender, they I guarantee you most of them would automatically assume that the person writing in was a guy. Okay. Okay. Right? I don't know. Because the thing is, is that she's being very like, I told him. I told him when we got together. I'm not going. I've got to go down south when my kids graduate from high school. And now that the time's here, he don't want to fucking go. Well, I fucking told her. I w- I'm going. You know why I don't think that's true? The only reason I don't think that's I'm true. I'm a moron. And I have biases. So I'm just, I, I just, have biases. We all have biases. It. It, it is what it is. Because most of the guys I've seen, most of them, not all of them, most of them, even the hardest, hardest dudes, when they get into a serious relationship that they are committed about, become whipped to some degree. Oh, yeah. So I can see someone saying that from the get-go. And then eight years later being like, oh, well, well yes. Jenny really likes the up north, so we're th- we think we're going to try it up here. And they're going to talk about it like it's their idea. No, that's what I mean. But the, I'm saying the frustration of being like, I fucking said this in the beginning. Yeah, yeah. So what the fuck? You know what I mean? Because if this guy told his friend, like if he told me, if the guy was telling me like, oh, you know, she, like she wants to move down south. I'd be like, well, did she ever tell you this? And he'd be like, well, yeah. And like, re- like basically said the same thing. I'd be like, "Well, dude, this is kind of on you." Yeah, yeah. Like, this is kind of on you. She told you. She told you, she and told then when ya. you proposed, she told you again. Like, this isn't her fault. This isn't news. Yeah, I think what she's doing is she's very frustrated because she was basically like, "I told you, and now that you don't want to go, you fucking just wasted this time because I told you I'm going." Yeah. So it's almost like a, not a betrayal, but kind kind of a betrayal. It kind of is a betrayal. Yeah. Because the thing is, like, if he wasn't sure, he should have said, I'm not sure. Yeah, I agree. Right? This is why being open is important. He might have said in the beginning, like, oh, yeah, I'll move down south. But then if something changed along the way, he should have been like, hey, listen, like, I kind of want to stay here, wherever the fuck you are. Uh, You know, if that's going to be a problem, like, it really sucks, but. Like, I know that your dream is to move down there. I don't want to hold you back from your dreams. You know what I mean? Because this is the way I look at it. And a lot of people will give the advice a lot of times where it's like, well, just work. There's got to be a compromise. It's like, well, hold on. Moving is comp. There is no compromise. Well, that's what I mean. But the, the, the issue is, is this, is that if somebody wants to do something they've wanted to do it their whole life. Yeah. How, if. How are you going to tell them not to do that? They're going to – it's going to be one of the things. Either he goes with her and and that's it. He doesn't go with her and they break up or she stays and she resents him for the rest of her life. Yeah. Actually, this one kind of hits a little deep because the last guy I was seeing uh, lived in New York City. Mm. He moved there from the south and – thank you. And we were... So we're, it's the reverse. It's the reverse. We were actually fairly decent. We're still fairly decent friends. We talked all the time. There's no animosity there because we didn't well, wait... that's good. We didn't wait eight years to figure this out. Yeah. But it basically came down to, I live in New Jersey. I like New Jersey. I hate New York City. Hate it. I can go there for a night or two and be fine. But it's not your thing. I, I could not live in Manhattan specifically. Yeah. I just couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. He's the reverse. He basically said outright... I've worked my entire life to get to where I am. And th- to him, being in New York City is like the beacon of his accomplishments, which I can't take away. So within several months of our relationship, I think we dated for like five, maybe six months. 
But by the end of it, we were both like, there is no middle, there's no middle ground. Yeah. What do we do? But that's fine. And it, that's what it was. It was fine. Yeah. It yeah. would have been silly to continue that pretending that some, or it's almost like he'll come around. It's like, no, no, no. If that's what the person's telling you and you're like, okay, like, I'm just going to say, I'm not moving to city. He's not moving that. If we want to continue this and maybe it either falls apart or it doesn't work, but to stick in something being like, they told me this, but I think they're going to change. That's not, yeah. that's kind of yeah. not fair. It's not. It's a difficult decision to come to. Well, we're talking about this like it's it's just ripping off a Band-Aid. It's, yeah. it's more difficult than that. But I have to agree with her. Like, she told him oh, from no, the I beginning, and she told him, like, multiple times. And for whatever reason, he either didn't communicate it or he was hoping that she was going to change her mind or whatever. But here's the thing. He might just not want to go. He yeah. might just be like, listen, you said you were going to go. I don't want to go. If that's the case, that's a dick move. It's a dick move. But here's the thing. I think she's in the same boat. She's in the same boat where she's like, hey, listen, I'm going. Yeah. You either want to go or you don't want to go. Yeah. Yeah. And it, here's the thing. Like, let me ask you a question. Shoot. Now, see, that, that, that doesn't work. It doesn't work. Because if they were so on page with each other, like best relationship in the world, this wouldn't be an issue. Because it either would have been understood that somebody was going to either have to compromise or it wouldn't be even be a compromise at that point because they would have figured it out. But they haven't. Yeah. I'm going with he's kind of he's the jerk on this one. Yeah. I, I think he should have expressed his yeah. there. I his, think him not wanting to go down there. But here's the weird thing, though. She says here we are. We've been arguing a lot. But she doesn't say that it's about moving. That's the only weird thing that I was going to bring up. Because it says, I f she says, I believe he's on the fence about it. Yeah, that's a good point. Because she says, well, here we are all these years later and we've been fighting because I only have a year before I can leave. I believe he's on the fence about it, but I don't, but I know deep down he doesn't want to. But that means they didn't talk about it. That just means they've been arguing lately. Yeah. Which that just means they've been fighting. Which might mean that she just wants to fucking leave. Well, I will say that when that type of thing comes up, it does lead to It's like one of those things where there's so much stress on your life in one aspect that it bleeds out into other things. Yeah. Maybe this overwhelming sense of doom for the lack of better words like this is eventually going to end because of xyz is bleeding out to the rest of their lives and they can't sit still and be happy with each other because they know it's going to eventually implode but they do need to talk about it you know what you know what it might be i could just be fucking shooting in the dark here but could it possibly be that she is just nervous about him saying no so she's basically Defense mechanism like part of the reason they're arguing is because maybe she's like she's thinking that he's gonna say no so she's trying to like make him into a bad guy already yeah almost like be like it's gonna be easier if i hate him to leave than it would be if i didn't because if you're ha if you're on the fence and you've been arguing how could how has this not come up i don't know i don't know it might just she might know that he's gonna say no or she thinks he's gonna say no so she's basically mentally preparing to like villain like dehumanize 
the relationship in a to way make it easier. to make it easier to leave. And it might be subconscious. Like yeah. she might not even realize that she's doing it. I don't know. What does Abby have to say about this? Yeah, one? let's see. I think our, our opinions are pretty clear. If you two have been happy together during the last eight years that they weren't wasted, okay. this may simply be one more chapter in your life. Rather than fight, you and your fiance, or are the two of you married now? Question mark. Need to have a calm, serious discussion about what's going to happen. Because if he isn't on board for at least giving Southern Living a try, you two will have to separate your assets, house, cars before you relocate. It may be less expensive emotionally and financially if you keep things amicable. She has a valid point. We've completely glossed over the fact that they bought a house together. Yeah. That's a lot. Yeah, you need to figure this out now. Yeah, that's a... See, that's another one where the guy's probably more of a dick there. Because if he knew... There's a lot. Maybe... If he knew that he didn't want to go, he would have had to have known that that house was going to have to get sold. Yeah. Because if they both bought it, if they both paid for it. There's a bunch of question marks here. I don't want to get too heavy into the whole speculation thing because yeah, because we can do that all day long yeah, about yeah, yeah. what. But at the end of the day, yeah, Abby has, some, Abby has some good advice. Calm down. Don't look at it as a waste of time. You had a great eight years, I'm assuming. Calm down and talk it out and find the adult solution to this. Yeah. That's a good 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 job, Abs. Agreed. This is why she's uh, the one who writes it. All right. I'm up. I'm going to switch topics because I'm in control of the panel. Whoa. My topic is a bitch of a friend. Okay. The actual title is called Friend Refuses to Quit Using Hurtful Language. This one's going to be fun. Hurtful language. Hurt, this one's going to be fun. I already feel my, my bro senses tingling. I know. I know. Go ahead. I feel like I'm going to have to calm you down on this one. Oh, boy. I have a dear friend I've known for 25 years, and I've considered to be family. We recently had a falling out because I set some boundaries I feel are necessary for my own wellness as I grow into my 40s. The boundaries revolve around disrespectful or belittling speech. My friend is gay and excuses the disrespect as the way his community speaks among themselves. He often calls me the B word in fun, as well as similar names. I have told him it hurts me, but he refuses to acknowledge it, dismissing it as, you know, since high school, that's how we talk. He might show some restraint at times, but when he's drinking, which is often, have you noticed that when people talk on these things, they always throw the drinking thing under the bus immediately? Yeah. You know, my friend, the alcoholic. Uh, yeah. Sorry, guys. But when he's drinking, which is often, he reverts back to making cruel or hurtful comments. I am now a single mother. Oh, I just did the chair thing. I'm slowly falling. Uh, I'm now a single mother looking to grow and evolve into a better person, rebuild my self-esteem, and possibly find a partner in life. But my friend keeps pulling me back into a dark place every time we speak. I care too much about him to walk away from this friendship. What can I do? Okay. I have multiple thoughts about this. Yeah, so is the, the last paragraph is confusing to me because if he's just calling, like... I have a I, lot of thoughts. I see that I always say this and again, painting with my dumb broad brush all the time. It's just easy for me to generalize people. Um guys have this thing where if your friend shows up and he dressed like shit or he's wearing something stupid yeah. or he got a bad haircut or whatever, you'll know. 
because your friend will tell you. Yeah. Not just like, hey, dude, like he will he will just make fun of you. And that's an honest thing. It's an honest thing, too, though, because he's not doing it, at least if he's your friend, to put you down or to hurt your feelings. He's doing it to, like, bring it to your attention, make light of it. But guys are not as evolved in some ways, so they don't know how to be like, uh, hey, dude, you know, that shirt doesn't really go with. They just have to be like, you look fucking dumb, bro. Like, it has to come out like that. Because if they say it any other way, it comes off condescending. Yeah, yeah, that's a good way to put it. So when you overly, like, caricaturize the 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 language, it's almost like you make fun of it so much that they know that you're joking, but but only like there is some level of truth to the joke. That's true. You know what I mean? But I think that's also why guys don't take shit like that type of stuff. As seriously, because they're so used to hearing their friends make fun of them and rip on them that it's they develop like a like an armor of like this is doesn't mean shit, which is funny because I was going to say when I don't know if this is a guy thing or a brother thing, because in my head, they've kind of been intertwined. Yeah, I grew up two brothers. But if any guy shows any sort of pushback on any of that, like, dude, your hair is fucking stupid. And he says, like, God, leave, leave it alone. Oh, it's a weakness. It's a, now we know we're chimps. We now, can't help it. Now we know it's you're you see something with a limp and you're like, <laughs> like you we're just gonna, can't help it. We're gonna pick you apart. Yeah, like you are a fucking meal. But it's also that thing though where you can't help it. What that is though, in in part, I think, and it it's all subconscious, right? What I think that is in part is the person that made the insult. Yeah, gets offended. Because the person is taking what they said to heart. Yeah. And what the person gets mad at is like, you dumb fuck. Like, if you think I'm really trying to hurt your feelings about that stupid fucking haircut, like, I'm going to go so overboard that I can't possibly be being real. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I think your haircut's dumb. But do I think you need to go home and hang yourself with your shoelaces because it's that dumb? No. No. I just said that because it's funny. No. Like... It's that kind of shit. Yeah. But I think that some people, guys included, it's not just, it's not yeah, just, it's girls, not just but, girls, but on a, on a broad scale, a lot, a lot of girls, when I, from my experience, seeing how they react, they give more compliments than they do insults to their friends. Right. Your hair looks great. Those shoes are adorable. Oh my God. Where'd you get that? Blah, blah, blah. Your makeup and this and that guys don't do that. Guys don't fucking do that. They, they don't, don't do that. They don't. They're like, oh, shit. Where'd you get that? Oh, cool. I got to get one. Like, that's about the extent of the allowable compliment that you're allowed to give. But, again, like anything else, everything gets diluted. Yeah. So, if you're used to getting compliments all the time, the second somebody's like, hey, I don't really like that purse, you're like, what the fuck? Yeah. Don't. Yeah. So, in in terms of this, I don't – I think she's taking it, like, these things as, like, she doesn't get it. Like, she's taking him, calling her a bitch as, like, he thinks I'm a bitch? It's like, no. That's like me calling your friend a douche. Yeah, yeah. It's it's not to be taken seriously. But, in fairness, maybe she has a little pet peeve about it or whatever. She's expressed it. He's not listening. I see both sides. I was actually going to play devil's advocate to your initial point because I, I see both I'm, sides. I'm the same way. I can see both sides. Yeah. You've, you've basically gave a really good argument for the dude. Yeah. But I'm going to defend the, the woman a little bit here. Yeah. So 
uh, and this is coming from a guy who is by no means any stretch of the imagination PC. I, I just don't care. Yeah. Like, I don't give a fuck. Yeah. I will call you a fucking tall ogre asshat because that's what you are. And I will forget about it literally already. Yeah. Because. It is what it is. But it becomes a little bit different if someone expresses genuine hurt over it. Mm. Genuine. Because then you're not just being. I mean, that's just not. We were talking about like when guys push back, like you push even harder. But there's a difference between being like, dude, stop, and being like, dude, no, seriously, stop. Yes, like, I, I agreed. Can't, I can't right now. 100%. So, and that, I get the feeling that she is doing their relationship equivalent of that. Like, no, really, I need you to stop. And he just can't help it. He's yeah. like taking that, like, I know this pushes your button, so it's kind of fun. Agreed. But he's not respecting her boundary. So it becomes a genuine question of, how far can that kind of thing get before it crosses a line? Do you really give up a long friendship because because of that? Yeah, see, it's a it's it I, is an interesting question. I agree with that, and I think that a lot of that happen like that kind of stuff. I think happens more like the whole like somebody saying something and you're like, dude, stop. Yeah, that is more common when there's other people around. Yeah, yeah. I because agree. if it's just you two, like, it, we all have jokes with, like, individual friends where if it's just you two hanging out, you could rip on them for it. Yeah. But if there's a couple other people in the room, it's kind of understood, like, it's just not, like, not that it's not okay. It's just, like, I don't, it almost feels like you're trying to insult them. Yeah. Like, you're, you're trying to belittle them. Where it's just you two, there's no audience. So it's understood, like, this isn't for anyone else but us. You know what I'm saying? It, yeah, it's a weird line to define because it can be very difficult. It's one of those things where some people are just – you know how some people are very, very exceptional in social situ situations yes. and other people are just cannot handle social situations? Yes. There, It's not just like those extremes. There are varying degrees to it. Yeah. So there are times when people can read social situations very, very well. And it's one of those – it's one of those talents when you co in, immediately understand what's happening. Yeah. And you understand when things are appropriate, inappropriate, how far you can push them, how far you cannot push them. And so like you're saying, like if you're with a group of guys, maybe you can look at someone and be like, oh, I don't know. I don't know what I can say that it won't get us in trouble on the internet. But like, you can, <laughs> oh, you know what? I'm gay. You can look at one of your friends and be like, oh, you stupid faggot. But like you're around a bunch of guys that you know don't care and like it's not, it's like not a big deal and blah, blah, yeah. blah. But you know, if there's a couple more people around, you know, not to push those boundaries exactly. and that sort of thing. So you, so you refrain, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Because there is a difference there. Like there is. If, if you have like a certain relationship with somebody, it's like if you have certain things that you say to somebody that it's cool when you guys say it, but you say it in front of a group of other people. My biggest issue with that is that you are basically running the risk of telling everyone else it's okay for you to say this to them as well. Yeah, yeah. And that's where I agree with that. Um I think maybe here, this guy is, like you said, one of those people that's trying to push the buttons. And I think he needs to tone it down a little bit. And she needs to, tone it like, chill a little bit. Because I think, because it says that, like, they used to talk like this all the time. So it's not like she's always had a problem with it. Or maybe she has always had a problem with it. She's just realizing it now. But maybe, I don't know. Like, if she really is, like, can't get out of the mindset of, like, it's hurtful. She just has, I would say, have a conversation and have him explain, like, like, hey, listen, it hurts my feelings when you do this. I don't know why you do it. Like, when you do it in public, like, people, it's belittling. 
And if he just says like, oh, shut the fuck up, get over it. Like, that's a douche move. Yeah. What he should do is be like, I, you know, I, you know, I don't mean it like that. Like, if you if you really don't want me to do it, like, I won't. Like, that's the kind of conversation they need to have. You know what's one one point that we haven't really talked on yet? Like, they, they might just be at different points of their lives. Yeah. She, she basically said she's in her 40s now. So they're getting not up there in age. I don't want to make them sound like old asses. But yeah. they are getting a little bit older on in life. She's become a single mother. Um, I think what – yeah, go ahead. So I think maybe their levels of maturity have become a little bit different. She's probably becoming a little bit more reserved and a little bit more calm. And I know it doesn't happen to everyone, but when you do have a child, that does happen with a lot of people. And so maybe part of him – I'm just fucking spitballing. Yeah. But maybe part of him doing this is a part of him trying to, like, latch on to that we were kids together. We had fun when we were kids. I want that level of immaturity to stay because I want that youth of us to stay. I'll throw another thing at you that's just as out there in the middle of the park. Shoot. Could it be that she's looking at this like I'm trying to find somebody else because I'm a single mother and I don't want anything to deter somebody from dating me because they think I'm still in like a party phase or whatever. That could be too. Because if they are best friends, they do spend time together. If she is trying to meet someone at a bar and someone's like, you fucking bitch, like somebody that's a 40 year old guy might be like, like, you know, birds of a feather syndrome. Yeah, yeah, no, like, no, no, no. That is that is a good point. You know, if you're if you're trying to have like a glass of wine at a bar and your friend pulls up and says, "Take off your shirt, bitch. Let's get this shit for free." Yeah, like we're just like calm down. We like, all know those people who like we're at Applebee's. You're Stop. like, yeah, you, you all know those people where you're like, if they were my friend, they would be hilarious, but because they're not, you're like they're fucking annoying. It's kind of one of those things. But the the part that's most concerning is the is the last one is the last thing where she says, "I'm trying to rebuild my self esteem, but my friend keeps pulling me back into a dark place every time we speak." That's what's concerning to me because that doesn't seem like he's just like joking about being. That sounds like he's like Almost saying like, other things. Yeah, because if if your friend joking and say like, "Oh, shut up, bitch!" Like that shouldn't pull you into a dark place alone. No, that should just be like. I wish you wouldn't fucking call me a bitch all the time. This is one of those situational awareness things. I feel like we need a broader sense of what's happening here. Yeah. Because, like, if she does come from, like, a dark – if – again, a broad brush, whatever. Like, we're taking – This is the speculation things, podcast. Is the speculation <laughs> podcast. But if she has had, like, issues with depression yeah, or whatever, maybe looking – and if you're depressed – if you're looking at your depressed friend and saying, you're such a fucking bitch – and she's saying, please stop. And you're like, no, bitch. Well, maybe you should fucking stop. Yeah. But again, speculate. I, it's all situational awareness. Yeah, this guy seems like he can't read um, his friend's yeah. emotional scale. Yeah. Like, we all know guys that, like, normally they're cool with shit. And then you fucking with them one day. And you're just not getting laughs or whatever. And you're like, let's just back. Let's just leave. Let's so leave what's, John alone today. So what's leave your, Tim alone. What's your formal advice? Well, if you were talking to her directly, what would you say you should do? I would say you need to have a conversation with your friend. And I would say that the way to have the conversation, it'd be like, listen, dude, like, I don't want to make this a big deal. I like, I don't want to, I don't want this to be an awkward back and forth or like coming from. So just a hundred percent honesty, just be like, you know, when you call me, when you say these things, like you call me a bitch or whatever, be like, it just doesn't feel good sometimes when you say it, like, you know, I know that you're just joking and yeah. all that, but yeah. like when you say it in a crowd and all this stuff, be like, I don't want you to think that you can't, 
talk to me. Like, I'm not trying to make you feel awkward or anything like that. But, like, you know, what, like, when I ask you to stop, you don't want to stop. Like, I get it, but, like, it just becomes awkward because when I ask you to stop, it's almost like I keep pushing my buttons. And here's the important part. If they get mad, if he gets mad, don't respond with anger. Yeah. Just respond. Keep staying calm because here's the thing. If you get angry, it allows him the feeling of being correct with anger. Yeah. If you stay calm and you're like, no, like, listen, I get it. I would, I would might get mad too if you said the same thing to me, but I'm just being honest. It's coming from a place of love. Like I'm just, I'm just trying to be honest with you. Like I'd be pissed too. I get it. I'm not mad that you're mad. And eventually they're going to, he's, he's not going to have a, a, like a real reason or right to be mad anymore. And he's going to have to calm down if he's your friend Yeah. and basically say like, you know, listen, I, when you told me you didn't like it, like, I didn't really understand that this was this big of a as, deal as important or yeah. whatever. Or maybe he would, he might even explain it in a way where she gets it and she doesn't take it that way anymore, or they find a happy medium. But the only way this is going to like, don't do it in front of people. Don't do it over the phone. Don't do it while drinking. Don't do it while drinking. Do it uh, while having coffee. Yeah. You know, whatever. But do it in person. Well, there's no other people around while you guys have enough time to have a serious conversation. Like yeah, that. yeah. That would be my guess. Okay. Or my, my uh, advice. Advice. Yours? My advice would be it's very difficult when you know someone this long to completely write them out of your life. Borderline impossible. Yeah. Because they become to a certain degree, so important. Integral. Integral. Integrated. So I wouldn't say you would ever be able to write him out of your life, but you could probably start seeing him less in your life. Mm. So that way, I mean, one of the reasons why this is probably so hurtful to you is probably because it's consistent. If you're seeing this friend three, four times a week and you're constantly being called a bitch, that's just an example. We don't know it's actually 100% what's happening. But if that's constantly happening, it's probably getting on your nerves even more than it would have if it was less so i would say don't write him off but see him less probably see him less during drinking occasions or like if they are drinking occasions like yeah not like hardcore bar days but like maybe like have a a glass of wine or something but dial it back would you suggest that they that they that she have a conversation with him before dialing it back or just do it i don't know because it sounds like she has tried it sounds like she's tried, but it sounds like she tries to do it as he's doing it. Yeah, you know what? Uh, like, it, it doesn't seem like she's – well, she, I could be wrong, but it seems like he calls her a bitch. She says stop, and he's too wrapped up yeah. to be to stop. I'm conflicted, to be honest. Yeah, I don't I, know either. I don't know. It sounds like a weird relationship. Yeah. yeah. But let's see what, uh, what Abs has said. You read this. Uh, you have already taken the first step. You told your friend – Frenemy? Question mark. What? Uh, friend. Eddie. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> you will no longer tolerate being called a bitch or any other offensive name. She didn't say bitch. Uh, for some in the gay community, this may be considered quote unquote fun, but it isn't funny to you. That he would continue doing this after you express that it hurt your feelings makes me wonder if he values your friendship as much as you do. Maintain your boundaries by leaving his presence if he uses that language. Oh, and one more thing. When you know he's been drinking, avoid him. Because if you don't, you know what will follow. It's like what we We're said, be- but yeah. like the light version. <laughs> We're both trying to think of what to follow up with. But yeah, we basically... She basically said in a much more eloquent way what we were trying to yeah. say. All right. And we have one bonus one real quick. A fast one. 
We know it's um, been going on for 32 minutes. Holy shit. That's fine. Okay. Anxiety of the times leads sense of impending death. Okay. Dear Abby, I'm 48, about to be 49 in less than a month. I've had mostly good health, but I do have some high anxiety because of some trauma from my past. With the world now in hibernation and many of my peers passing away due to illness or some other tragedy, I'm feeling very much like I could be next to die. I'm not suicidal, but I have had premonitions in the past about events that later came true. For some reason, I have a feeling like I came close to death recently. And it scares me. How do I snap out of this preoccupation with death? So there are a couple of key words in here which I think highlight the genuine problem. Um, and this is coming from someone who is not a doctor. We are not certified doctors. In case you haven't in figured you that haven't out already. Noticed. But this motherfucker, no. So this person said trauma, anxiety, uh, and multiple other things that are consistent with PTSD. PTSD does not necessarily have to come from war zones or anything else excessive like that. Uh, a lot of different types of traumas may have to do with it. Specifically, friends passing away due to tragedy. If yeah. that happens enough, you could be experiencing some form of mental illness, such as a PTSD. My immediate thought is go get help. Go get a real therapist. Go get a real uh, psychologist to help you with your issues. You're not going to be able to snap out of your constant obsession with death by writing into an advice column. No. There's no way that's going to answer that. I agree. If you're feeling like this all the time, you definitely need to seek some type of professional help. Yeah. But in the essence of this show, <laughs> let's pretend that that's not an option. Fair, fair. So so that was the real advice. This is the bro advice. So what, I, what I'm getting from this in the bro brain is that because this person is feeling like this and it says there's a lot of loose descriptions in this, right? Yeah. Which could be yeah. interpreted in many different ways. They've had premonitions about past events that later came true, which it, that could be any event. It could be, you know, I thought a squirrel was going to cross the road or yeah. it could have been, I, you know, my dog got hit by a car and I saw it happen. But it sounds like this person is, uh, I'll use the word hypochondriac. Like they're, obsessed with ne the negative things which mm. is associated with trauma and anxiety um so much so that they're seeing things and putting together patterns that work with the mindset that they're in yes so it's like oh my god like things are always like this aren't they and then i'm just gonna cherry pick the events in my life that associate with that and be like see look yeah only yeah. these things happen i think what they have to like if bro bro advice start doing stuff to distract yourself from this in a positive way i know we always bring up the gym or whatever i was gonna say the same exact thing but the thing is is that when you're stuck in a rut the definition of insanity doing the same thing over and over again expecting a different result so I think what they need to do is Guess trying to just sit there and be like, don't think about death. It's not going to make you not think about death. I think what you have to do is you need an extreme thing. And this is bro me talking here. An extreme thing to, to actually get your mindset to get off that. Now, it might even be something as simple as just it could be just one time and it might just jumpstart your brain to relax for 10 minutes and be like, holy shit, like. 
all right, like I came out of the fog, like now I can see. But the only the only thing I can think of on like a non-professional level to do that is get yourself really, really fucking exhausted in something that requires a lot of attention. Yeah. Like train for a marathon, do jujitsu, something like that where like you have to fucking be in the moment and focus on that because it, it's so physically and mentally requirements. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, that's what it requires that you're not going to be able to think about this other shit. I agree with you wholeheartedly, but I'm taking it from a different, a slightly different perspective. When I read this, I think someone, I think that what they need most in their life right now is a sense of control back. Yeah. Because when they're, everything that they're describing is basically like life has gotten extremely out of control. They're basically saying, I am imagining my death. And I feel like it's going to happen, and I have no say in it. That's almost a weird – I'm going to cut you off there. But that's almost like a very strange sense of control for somebody, though. When you say, like, I had a premonition about this, it's because they don't have control, but they have somewhat of a control Insight. of being like, see, I, I knew it. Yeah. I knew it was going to happen. I knew it. Yes. So, Even though they don't have any control, it's a form of it. It's like they're reaching for control. Yeah. Which isn't there. So I think what they need most in their life is some sense of control back to some degree. And I agree with you that, I mean, we're idiots. So this is the only example you and I can come up it's, with. And but it's a simple other. thing that most people yes. can do. Yes. So whether it's running or, or lifting weights or some sort of some form of physical activity, like you mentioned jujitsu, but it could be taking up tennis. It, it could be something. Get a sense of control back into your life. Get some sort of regimen back into your life. Um, working out is a double whammy because we know it releases endorphins and all that other bullshit. And you meet new people. And you meet new people. And it, it gives, again, it gives you a sense of control back. So I think that would be a good starting point. I th Yeah. I think that one of the main things, though, when you are going through something like really, really stressful in your life. Yeah. Like one of the most stressful times in my life as one of my one of my old jobs it was horrific like for me personally like just take it for what it is it was a bad spot yeah one of the only things that completely removed me from that was training doing doing jujitsu or training wrestling but the reason why was for two things number one when someone's trying to you know put you in a fucking triangle or punch you in the face or you know trying to throw you to the ground. You can't think about how much you hate your job. You can't think <laughs> no, about all the bills that you need to pay. Yeah. You can't. It's it, it won't allow you to do that. It you, you will if you can, if you go long enough, you will get to a point where you are forced to stop what you're doing and you have to face the task at hand. Yeah. And the task at hand is how do I stop this person from doing this or how do I run this extra mile? And the other thing, too, it's really, really hard to – because people can mentally exhaust themselves. Would you agree? Right? Oh, you yeah. get so mentally exhausted that you feel physically exhausted, oh, right? Oh, a thousand percent that happens. So when you do something that requires not only uh, physical exhaustion but mental as well, thinking about what to do and all this stuff, yeah. you can get to a point where you're so fucking tired and exhausted from physical and, and, uh, and positive mental exhaustion – that you're not going to think you you can't physically worry about shit. You can't do it. You just can't physically get up to be like, did I like even something's like, did I take the garbage out? Fuck the garbage. I fucking take it out tomorrow. I can't even think right now. I just die. I want to go to bed. Sounds like this person has too much energy. Yeah. Number yeah. one. So I think that that would be if all if you're on an island and you're by yourself, 
Get swole, bro. Get swole. Buy some BDP shit. (laughs) Speaking of BDP shit, real quick, uh, these... All of these columns came from Dear Abby. So, A, go make sure to check out some of her other advice column stuff. We don't want to just steal from her. We want to give her credit, too. So, go Big look her out. up. Go read her stuff. There are awesome columns. She gives out great... Oh, what was her advice on this? Go oh, yeah. Let's let's look at her advice that. here. Fuck. Okay. Holy we'll shit. All right. Turn off the news. Quit reading about and listening to the body counts. There are enough to scare... <clears throat> there are enough to scare everyone to death. In a sense, we are all, quote, close to death. It's just a question of when. You will increase your chances of survival if you pay attention to what medical experts have been saying. The simple message, if you are a fragile physical condition, hunker down and limit your exposure. Stay in contact with friends by cell phone or computer. If you are healthy and go out for exercise or to shop, wear a face mask. It sounds like this is like just about COVID. Maybe that's what she took it as. Maybe that's what it is about at the end of the day. But oh, Okay. Uh, wear a face mask in the presence of others. Wash your hands often. Practice social distancing. However, if your anxiety persists, discuss it with your physician who may be able to prescribe something to calm you down. Whoa, she straight up went to drugs. Yeah. I, I'm shocked about that one. I would say go see a therapist before you before. Yeah, you try to – I would say – because he said – if he said he's suicidal, yeah, I, I would maybe say – I don't know what to even say to that. But because he specifically stated that he's I not, not suicidal, suicidal – I think that you sh- he should try to do it by himself first. Yeah, yeah. Try. Try. Right. But right, that's anyway. my advice. So, again, go see Abby, blah, blah, blah. Uh, also, we are opening portals up on our website, so you can ask your own questions to ask if you so choose. Mm-hmm. Uh, you'll be able to find it on the BrodownPro.com homepage. I'll say that again because I said that kind of like an idiot. BrodownPro.com homepage. Yes, and... When you ask the question, we are not going to ask you for your email. You can just submit a question or tell us a topic to talk about. But if you want to know when the episode is going to air that we read your topic, put your email in there. We'll send you a notification when it's going to air. That was very well put. Good job, Andy. Thank you. We'll catch you guys next time. You're listening to Bro Down Podcast all 